Welcome to the technical foul in which two uh, tech geeks talk about the NBA, uh, which we are probably wildly unqualified to talk about. But uh, um, I, I'm Ben Thompson. I write uh, strategy.com and my and I'm here with uh, Manton Reese. Manton, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Manton. And yes, I am also probably not qualified at all, except that I watch basketball all the time. Does that count? It does. It does. So, so Manton and I, you know, so the kind of the big thing now is like these proliferating snap, you know, Slack channels that everyone is in. And Manton and I happen to be in the same one. And it turns out we discovered that one, we both love the NBA and watch it all the time. And two, we were both at game two of the Warriors uh, Cavs last year because it was during WWDC. So we were both in town. Yeah, I could not. Uh, when I found out that was lining up, I'm like, I have to get a ticket. There's no way I can be in the same city and not go. So I signed up to on like the Warriors mailing list, you know, trying to get like early access to tickets and stuff. It's pretty funny because I still get emails from them all the time. So how much does that hurt? Because you, so you are a Spurs fan. So you live in Texas and you are yeah. a diehard Spurs fan. So, so how much did, does it hurt to know that you are on the Warriors mailing list? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's strange. I mean, I like the Warriors and. I mean, I love them in a lot of ways. They're an amazing team. They're incredible. They've had a really amazing season, and it's fun to watch them play. But yes, I am a Spurs fan. I'm in Austin, Texas. San Antonio is not that far, you know. It's an hour and a half drive down, so we try to go down to at least a few games during the year. And in fact, we just went to uh, game one, round one of the playoffs. And so that was really fun. It was, it was really fun, except they were playing. So I was listening to the Dunked On podcast, and they were trying to figure out where the current Memphis Grizzlies rank as far as quality of teams in the NBA. And I think mm-hmm. they ended up with the fifth worst. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, they're not really in the top eight in the West, but they I mean, they started the season pretty well. And then they were able to stay in the playoffs you know you know make it to the playoffs even though they started losing uh, practically every game i don't know at the the last couple of weeks Oh, it's brutal. I mean, how many people they've injured? Well, I mean, you're, you're in much better shape than me. So I, I grew up, uh, I grew up in Wisconsin and I am a Bucks fan, which was, uh, I mean, the Bucks when I was a kid were, were great. The eighties Bucks were kind of the, the, the real foil for the Celtics. Um, and then they went through a real dry spell in the nineties and then had a bit of a resurgence with Glenn Robinson and Ray Allen and, you know, went to the Eastern Conference finals where the refs screwed us f- rather famously. And, uh, it's been, it's been, it's been rough since then, but, because I grew up in Wisconsin, I w- I actually went to several of those games with the kind of late nineties Bulls and got it. I was there during the, the 95, 96 season when they won 72 games. Oh, wow. That's great. Well, it, it's, it's, uh, it, it's, you meant, we mentioned the Warriors and it's almost the obvious place to start if we're talking about kind of the, the NBA this year. Um, well, I'll, I'll put it to you right now. Who do you think would win the, the Bulls or the Warriors? <laughs> oh gosh. I mean, there's been so much time. The game's, you know, a little different. I, I guess I have to go with the Warriors mostly because they're, I don't know. Michael Jordan, ah, it's impossible. I haven't actually thought about that question. Yeah, it's <laughs> Even though everybody else seems to have an opinion about it. It's, it's difficult. It's hard to bet against, uh, Jordan. I th- yeah, I, th- I think yeah. I think there's well, I think there's two ways to think about it. One is the teams as they played, in which case I would for sure pick the Warriors, mm-hmm. just because three is greater than two, and like that's something that really didn't f- the NBA didn't really grok then, and they and they do now. But 
if both teams were approaching the game with the same rules and had the same, you know, player development programs and the same offseason yeah. training, all that sort of stuff, then it's a much closer question because for sure, um, like Scotty Pippen, for example, is a great example of this. He was a, I think, 33 or 34 percent shooter for three point shooter for his career, mm-hmm. but on relatively low volume. But right. you think about it, if, if he, if he actually focused on that in the offseason, and was cognizant of taking them during games like i mean he would be he could be devastating right it's almost like the mindset is just different now i mean no one even the warriors last year didn't take nearly as many threes as they do this year like their confidence is through the roof and they just say hey this worked this works we can we can do this but yeah you can imagine rewind however many years and threes are just part of the game more and yeah, you know, Michael Jordan's shooting threes. And I mean, he, he could, they, they could shoot. I mean, they, <laughs> you can imagine them being competitive, just having to change how they played the game a little bit. I don't know. It's, it's kind of an impossible question. It is. I, so I did, um, because this was a big dispute, I actually simulated them playing against each other in NBA 2K16. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, yeah. And I created a, I, I did a series of tweets and I did a collection on Twitter. So we can put it in the, uh, in the show notes for the website that we have yet to make for this podcast that we may or may not publish. Um, but the, <laughs> the, the Warriors, the Warriors did win. They win 112, 105, but you okay. should probably huh? not pay attention to it because in this simulation, Steph Curry did not take only took one three and only then at the end of the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah. I love how people were saying that he's in the game. He's not as good as, as he was in, in real life, which is kind of like, well, there was that article. I don't know if you saw that article, but basically Steph Curry has broke and kind of broke NBA 2k like, yeah. because they made shooting more difficult this year. And it's definitely true. I mean, I'm a big fan of, of the game and and the problem is that actually Steve Steph Curry in real life is better than he is in the game. And the problem is he's so off the charts with his accuracy and ability, especially his ability to shoot off the dribble. That's the part that the game doesn't simulate correctly. That, mm-hmm. that like, you know, everyone's rated from like zero to 100 and that goes into the algorithm that figures out if you're going to make the shot or not. The problem is he's so off the charts that I think they, they either delivered a patch or they're going to do it next year. That basically is a Steph Curry exception where he can make the shots that no one else can make. <laughs> right. His uh, percentage from like half court is higher than everybody else it is it's crazy <laughs> i assume that in the game normally that's impossible to make those but hey it happens in real life for some reason so we're let I me mean, let we're gonna jump all over the place i think but when we're talking about the warriors i kind of think you're talking about the bulls i kind of think about that last game when they actually got 73 wins were you watching that game were you switching back to kobe what I mean, the season has been incredible and i feel like that last day of games was just perfect oh that last day was Unbelievable. So I watched the first three quarters of the Warriors game and then I switched to the Lakers game, which was perfect timing because right. I, I basically I missed the Kobe just chucking a ridiculous number of shots and missing most of them. And I got the Kobe making six or seven in a row at the end, which was unbelievable. It was surreal. Yeah. It was amazing to watch. Yeah, I was kind of the same way. I switched back and forth a little bit, but I wanted to see Curry hit that 400th three pointer and he made it and yeah surprise it just like any other three-pointer it's like it wasn't that uh magical but it's it's a funny number that we have nice round numbers we like and so but after that yeah i think i actually missed the end of the game it was obvious the warriors were going to win and i just uh kind of watched the lakers and i was just kind of 
stunned and just, I mean, he put on a show and it was fun to watch. He did. And it, something that uh, several people kind of touched on in articles about the game was that that game was such a perfect representation of like the Kobe experience. Yeah. Like, like he was gunning. He was, uh, relatively, actually, he was relatively efficient that game, but, but, you know, he wasn't nearly as efficient as, as, as a great Steph Curry game, for example, mm-hmm. but it was in, tremendously entertaining. And, and it was Kobe, like he was, he was himself to the end. And it, you know, for all the <laughs> Kobe's obviously a very complicated figure for all kinds of reasons, but it was definitely one of the more feel good moments I can remember in kind of recent NBA history. Yeah, it was fun. And also like just thinking about like what, how Kobe is and, and like, when in the question and answer kind of at the end after the game, I thought one of the things kind of telling about how competitive he is and that he was asked, you know, like, is this the perfect ending to your, you know, your career or whatever? And he was like, no, I wanted to win a championship, you know? And it was almost like, I don't know, this is kind of an honest answer, I think. It's like, no, I mean, this was amazing, but really, uh, he has his sight set, uh, even higher. And of course, it's not going to work out for the Lakers, um, to, to even make the to, playoffs to the, the last couple of years, but <laughs> you know, that, that's something that's so interesting about Kobe. I mean, like, cause one thing that that's a little, it's kind of irritating, you know, this year has been the way the kind of old timers and the old basketball players, not all of them, but a lot of them have kind of dumped on the Warriors, right. And saying that they're weak and they're jumping team, all sort of stuff. And, and clearly there's a certain aspect where, you know, the game has, the game has changed and the efficiency, you know, with which the Warriors score is, is unprecedented. And I think the, I think the one area where the old timers don't give the Warriors nearly enough credit is how good their defense is. Yeah. But that said, one thing that's always struck about Kobe is the degree to which every single great player of the past is kind of unanimous in how they would love to play with him. Hmm. And I don't know, I, I guess, you know, there's, um, that, that, there's some aspect of his competitiveness and will to win and drive to win where everyone kind of knows he's a, he's a, do we have to make this explicit that he's an asshole? But, <laughs> but the greatest players are, are pretty much unanimous that they would, they would love to have him on their team. And then that, that's always, that's always kind of stood out to me. Yeah. And even Shaq at the end, I mean, I thought it was kind of neat how he was calling Kobe the greatest Laker that's ever played the game, despite, you know, Things not working out perfectly between them. I, I don't know if they're friends now or not. I have no idea. I don't keep up with that. But yeah, you can, I mean, you can't, uh, you know, love him or hate him, or whatever, but you can't really deny his career over the last 20 years. Well, as a Spurs fan, I think that is a pretty generous, uh, thing for you to say. <laughs> so I, I'm impressed. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I think part of, I almost wonder if the, that last game also kind of, shaped my opinion in a way a little bit because totally. there's nothing going like going out on a on a high note like that you know it's like it was fun to watch like that's what i'm going to remember actually like i'm probably going to remember that last game when i think of kobe now you know th- th- that it's so true i mean because the reality is the last two years have been such a disaster for the lakers you could argue it's been a good thing because they're getting good draft picks and now they have a good chance to keep their pick this year but but broadly speaking, they've been disasters. And the fact yeah. that Kobe's getting paid like what, 25 million a year or 30 million a year is, is a big part yeah. of that. Also, that's a huge contrast with the Spurs too, right? I mean, in terms of how much money he requires versus, you know, everyone on, not everyone, but a lot of the Spurs sacrifice, um, so that they can build out uh, a great team in terms of how much money they're making. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this, the Spurs, the, 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 that's a good contrast. We should, we should, we should, we should dive into it, in, into it more, but, you're right. And I think what 
and this gets at a bit, I think, why probably both of us love the NBA so much. Like the NBA, and part of it is just the players because it's always been a players league and there's only five players on the court for each team and they're visible. They're not being a face mask or, or a helmet or something. Mm-hmm. It's such a sort of story and narrative driven league. I mean, like the, the story of a team and, and the narrative of Kobe and his career and the way that the way we think about him can really for all time is shaped by that last game is, is kind of crazy when you think about it, but you can't deny that it's totally true. Yeah. So many games he's played, but that last one kind of just sums everything up. Totally. How do you feel about the way? he announced early that this was going to be it. And especially again, contrasting with the Spurs, obviously I'm a Spurs fan, but I really feel like, let's say Tim Duncan, right? Let's say this is his last year. Uh, let's say they win the finals. Be amazing. Like, I, I really feel like if they made it and they won, he would be like, okay, that was it. And it wouldn't be a big fanfare. He wouldn't be announcing six months ahead of time. It would just be like, you know, I'm out. Like that's uh, that was a great season, and because it, it's not all about him when the way Kobe, it's like all about him, you know. And and uh, I I don't know. Do you do you feel like that could happen, or do you think that's a, a long shot anyway in terms of the finals? You know, it's funny. I I think I, I'm trying to find this tweet because I'm pretty sure I sent it to you that someone someone kind of dropped the sickest burn on Kobe, where basically I I can't find it in time to 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 stop my um my attempt to fill fill time here but it was something to the fact that tim duncan will never experience what kobe experienced because it entails not making the playoffs right exactly (laughs) i do remember that right it's it's so like it's true from a from a practical perspective but you're right it's true i mean the spurs are the spurs are incredible this the idea that they had this unbelievable big three with with duncan and ginobili and parker and the fact that they are now, they now have their big two basically with, with, with Kawhi and, and, uh, Will Marcus Aldridge. It's incredible. I mean, just the, the, the way, I don't know. It's, I mean, like I, I, for my day job, right? I look at tech and how companies can be well, well managed and the, the degree to which the Spurs seem to be so much better managed than, any other team is really is really striking. Right, they're able to transition between great players. We're seeing it now. It's it's amazing. And yeah, you're right. Cause it already happened, right? It, it went it went from Robinson to to Duncan already, right? Yeah, exactly. And it's been a while, but yeah. Now, I mean, like last year, you know, obviously they were out in the first round, and it was kind of frustrating, but kind of amazing. You know, round one series against the Clippers, but Tim Duncan actually had a really good year last year. Um, but this year, you know, it's like. You know, Aldridge is the guy now, Kawhi, obviously. And you look at Tim Duncan's stats and yeah, they don't look like much, but it's that handing, uh, you know, handing off to the next, uh, the next set of players without missing a beat, right? Like they could make it to the Western Conference finals. They could make it to the finals this year and they didn't need the like few years of rebuilding at best that most teams have to go through. Totally. And, and I, I almost think like probably the guy that probably deserves more credit than he's getting is, is David Robinson hmm. because he's the one that he was the first one. Right. And, and he, he set the example of stepping back to let Duncan step forward and, Duncan, by all accounts, is just a phenomenal guy, right? And, and every aspect of his career has demonstrated that in the way that he's been coachable and the, and, you know, what an example that sets for the team where Popovich can ride him, which allows Popovich to ride everybody else. But mm-hmm. you, 
the fact it already happened and Duncan witnessed it happening, it, it like it, it, there's, there's, there's something so powerful that this idea of like, there's the idea of culture, like the culture of the Spurs is to defer to the next generation. And, yeah. and that's, that's a pretty incredible thing in the NBA. Yeah. And you see it through like really the whole team. I mean, like Kawhi won defensive player of the year again this year. And I'm always struck when I hear he doesn't talk that much, but you know, obviously he has to talk when he wins an award. And I'm always struck by, you know, he, he doesn't say I'm the best. He, he, he says like, I am getting better. Like I, you know, I've still work, work to do. I just want to get better. I want to, you know, win a championship. He doesn't do a little dance when he makes a shot or like, you know, do his fist in the air or something. He's like, and so, in fact, sometimes you see him running down the court after a, after a shot. You can't even tell. Did he make it? Did he dunk it? Did he miss the <laughs> shot? You know, it's just like same expression, focused. But there is something about that. I don't want this to turn into I Love the Spurs So Much podcast, but there is something about that culture on the team where everyone's pretty humble. Everyone's willing to defer. Everyone's willing to say it's about the team. Ah, I love that. It's great. So here's the question. To what extent do you think, and I'm fine to do all the Spurs because the Spurs are an amazing team that frankly hasn't gotten enough attention this year just because of the Warriors. And I've been guilty of that myself. But to what extent do you think that is, I mean, Kawhi clearly is a relative, is a, intrinsically sort of reticent individual right he's not he he wore a he wore a shirt with like a bunch of a bunch of uh things on it i don't know for for his award ceremony and i joked <laughs> with my 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 uh i have an alternate twitter id which is no tech ben to talk about the nba i joked wow, that nice. like um <laughs> You know, this is the loud, like, that's an awfully loud shirt Kawhi is wearing. And then I said, basically, it's not that loud. But for Kawhi, it's like, wow, I, I expected you to be wearing basically like khakis in a, in a button down. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but to what extent do you think that that is the Spurs target players that are like that versus the culture of the team sort of inculcates that into its players? Yeah, I think it must be a little bit of both. I mean, they obviously saw something in him. Right. They, they traded for him it was George Hill, right? Which they loved. Right. And it was a hard trade. A lot of people were like, what are you doing? They obviously saw something in him, uh, both in like in just his skill set and, you know, size. And I don't know. They could imagine him stealing balls all the time with his hands. I don't, I don't know what exactly they saw. His but, hands are crazy, <laughs> but it must, there must have been something there where they said this, this he's going to fit in like personality wise skill set and uh, it's been a few years and you know no one talked about him at the beginning and then obviously in the finals you know he did great and he just keeps getting better every year I, I, he, he was unbelievable this year he, i mean he, it, the way he could control the game from the defensive side of the ball particularly for being a, a, a perimeter player right usually the guys that really control control the game from the defensive position are usually centers or or or, or centers mostly mm-hmm. was um was was really something else i guess the well here here here's a second here's another way to ask that question so one of the reasons that was rumored why well marcus aldridge left the blazers was that he was kind of he was a bit sensitive about such stuff and he was kind of miffed that uh damien lillard was was kind of usurping him as the star of the team Hmm. And that created some tension in Portland and things like that. And, and so, which kind of gives you the idea that the guy's a little, a little bit of a prima donna, but how does he go to the Spurs? How do you think he's fit in? And, and I mean, cause he's had, he had a, a good season, but I mean, Kawhi Leonard is the star of that team. Um, how do you think that's gone? 
I think it's gone really well because if you look at how much better he's gotten throughout the years, he's kind of worked into the system, like just average points. And, and I mean, he has bad games sometimes, but I feel like it's worked well because from day one, he seemed to have the right attitude, which is accepting that he's not the star of the team, really. I mean, in some ways he is, you know, he's the one of the top two uh, players they're going to go to, but it almost seemed like it took the pressure off him where he didn't need to be like the guy who scores 35 points a game, every game. Yeah. Like he could kind of fit into the system and he, I don't know, there's something about like taking that pressure off and knowing that the Spurs are a different kind of team and they don't play that well. And he's going to have to, I mean, he's not going to score his point average for the season is going to go down from where it was, you know, his best years in Portland. And I don't know, it, just, it feels like it's worked out. Okay. I'm people like the first time they played, uh, Golden State, which is very late in the season, right? Um, this year, like he had a bad game and like after he like deleted his Twitter account and like people were, you know, they were not happy with his performance, I guess. <laughs> right. Fans, fans are, fans are grumpy. They complain, especially on Twitter. And so I'm sure that was frustrating, but he's fitting better as time goes on and he's had some great games. He's won games for them. I can't, I can't really complain about anything, right? Yeah, to me, I mean, to me, this is evidence for the Spurs culture being uh, in effect because the, the truth is, like, he's had a great season, but he had 300 less field goal attempts this year than he did last year, or two or field goal attempts last year than he did this year. Sorry, this mm-hmm. year they did last year. So, I mean, right. if, if he was worried, if the, if if the stories are true, and again, some of this might have been kind of like Portland dumping on him after he left, which is which always happens. In the NBA again, the NBA is like the best story league ever, and part of it is the <laughs> intrigue of who leaks what to which which press people. And all that sort of thing. But if he is happy and producing while taking a step back in kind of his counting stats in particular, then to me that, that, that I presented that question earlier is the folks that San Antonio gets, or is it the culture of the organization? I, I lean towards the culture of the organization. Like, and again, from, from kind of Robinson on and, and Popovich has been there for so long this idea that this kind of esprit de corps, right? Like we're all in this together certainly seems to make sense, make sense to me. Um, and you yeah. know, it, it's, it's so admirable and you're, you're lucky. You're lucky to, to be in Texas and to be their fan. That's what I would say. I love it. Yeah. And you know, Aldridge is from Texas too. So I mean, I just, I didn't think, I thought it was too good to be true when the rumors started happening, but I think it's a perfect fit now. Uh, couldn't be happier for the team. Unfortunately, uh, I don't see any way you're going to beat the Warriors. Ah, it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough. And the, the problem is, and this is what's interesting about this, is the Spurs' strength this year has been their unbelievable defense. But I just don't think you can defend them. Yeah, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. But I do think they have a shot. I mean, I, first of all, you got to get by Oklahoma City. I mean, that's a challenge uh, in itself before we even get to the, uh, the West Finals. But uh, I feel like they have a shot. Obviously, they beat them once, which is great. Uh, a couple of the games that he lost, they didn't have everybody. Tim Duncan, too. Like, I was struck again, like, the first game of the playoffs. I mean, yes, it's against Memphis, which is struggling. But I I kind of felt like, has he been holding something back all year? You know, yeah. it's like they worked so hard. Um, or hard's not even the right word. They did work hard. But, like, consistently to get to this point and to have, you know, a franchise record, great, great season – but they they did so much in terms of resting people and a lot of people getting minutes and especially in the last month after they had clinched the the second seed you know not a lot of playing time for some of these people and and reworking new folks in they you know got two uh, new players like in the last couple months you know working them into rotation and stuff but I kind of felt like 
maybe Tim was holding something back a little bit. And now he's ready for the playoffs. And this is this is not new for him. He's not going to be nervous or freaked out like he's been here before. So I don't know. We'll see. That, that That's all fine and true. The problem <laughs> is when they play Golden State, Golden State's going to put him in the pick and roll every single time. Yeah. And the, he just like he just doesn't have the mobility anymore. I mean, yeah, the, the, and the he's, not is, gonna, he's not going to beat the Warriors, but like I – I was kind of I mean, using that example as like maybe the whole team can to take it up fair, fair, to fair. the next level. The, 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 I think the challenge I see for the Spurs against the Warriors is one defending that pick and roll, but two, like the Warriors just have one too many perimeter guys, hmm. right? I mean, you have what you have Leonard and you have Green, who are great defenders. Um, one, you need Green to shoot better for one, yeah. because he, which he's he, you know he's making some shots now. right, but you I mean, you you have to have him on the four for defense, but he has to contribute on offense. Mm-hmm. Another example of a guy that that took less, but he is even though he took less, I'm not sure he's lived up to his contract. I think he's an important. I mean, he starts every game pretty much, except for the, some of the shuffling at the end. Like I think he's a, has an important part to play, even if, yeah, he's not scoring quite as much, but he's been making some threes. And every time I think uh, uh, last couple games or something, he started the game, like making a three or something. And I almost feel like the crowd is like, ah, oh, they sigh of relief. Like, yes, yes totally. no, he's back. <laughs> no, the key, is, the key is Diaw, in my opinion. Like if Diaw can be in effect, like, cause Diaw is like a, 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 a Frenchman's, you know, Draymond Green in some respects. And, <laughs> um, if he can be effective for 25 minutes a game, that will, I think that that's the the key to having a shot. And the fact that he was out the last two games, I think was, right. was a huge deal. Yeah. And, and was he out? Cause he really needed to be out or did pop say, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing. Well in game two, and uh, we're going to so hold funny. off on him again. It's, it's so funny. Cause on NBA Twitter, right? Like Popovich has this like godlike aura about him where everything <laughs> is, Oh, well pop just playing games, whether he is right. or not, there's it's just kind of assumed that he's, he is. Yeah. So okay. Well, that 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 is the Western Conference Finals. If we get there, we should do a quick run through of the first round. Have you watched? Have you watched much of the first round? I've watched. I mean, I haven't really gone back and watched everything, but I I watched almost every game as it was happening. At least at least in part. Oh, okay. I, I I've, I've caught a, a bit of. of <laughs> yeah, I've been a, I've caught a bit of almost every series except for the Spurs Grizzlies, which I'm ah. avoiding for obvious reasons. So you can cover that. <laughs> <laughs> but I haven't watched in full every game. Um, yeah. I've been a little busy this week. But all right, so we'll we'll do the East first. So so Cleveland, Cleveland, Detroit. Um, any thoughts? So that was a close game. Uh, game two, I think, is tonight as we record. I can't imagine that the Cavs are not going to win that series. I guess I'm no, no, think, they're, I mean, they're not going to win. But I think what was interesting was the amount of time that the Cavs spent with Love at the five and and LeBron okay. at the four. Yeah. Like, I mean, because that. That is one of the potential lineups that could make them competitive against the Warriors. Yeah. Like, I, so I think LeBron has to play the four almost the entire time against the Warriors, and he potentially needs to play the five also. And it, it's going to be super interesting if they can, if they go to that regularly and kind of develop, you know, a getting used to playing that way, I think is, is, will be, will be super interesting. Yeah. Now's the time, <laughs> if not, if not earlier. I mean, they're they're at full strength, kind of, uh, which is nice to see. I just hope that I don't know. I really hope everyone's healthy in time for the third round and the and the finals and everything. Because I feel like we, I mean, last we there was some great games uh, in the finals last year, especially that game two it was amazing. But 
Cavs didn't have everybody. It's it's true. Th- th- that game too was incredible. I mean, I have, and I don't know if I would have appreciated this if I hadn't been there in person. But the degree to which LeBron James controlled that game, like from every single possession, was was incredible i mean like Mm -hmm. i've never i don't know like i said i went to lots of jordan games and i don't know if i've ever seen a game where a single player just utterly controlled every single part of the game the way lebron james controlled that game too it was awesome yeah and he didn't i mean he didn't shoot great i was looking at the stats i mean maybe 30 percent or something but he took a lot of shots of course it was overtime so that adds some more shots but um i think curry Maybe he only shot like 20, 25 oh, Curry was terrible that game. Yeah. If you remember, the Cavs were actually up almost the entire game. And then Golden State went on this spurt in like the last yeah. two or three minutes to, to to take it to overtime. And then Cleveland managed to, to close it out. That was a fun game because you asked about like cheering for the Warriors. And I actually, you know, they give everyone, you know, nice gold shirts or whatever. I like put mine on. I'm like, I'm going to get into this. Like, I'm going to cheer for him. But like, in, so I was clapping and high-fiving people during the game on that run at at the end. But inside, I was like rooting for the Cavs. <laughs> you know, I was like, I wanted this to go to seven, seven games, and uh, so it was a funny, it was a fun game to watch. But I wasn't. It know, was I funny was because almost end. all the games I've gone to, actually, I mean, uh, you know, it was it was weird. It was kind of an out of body experience in some respects yeah. because everyone around me was so invested, and like yeah. like a call would happen, and they would instinctively think it was the worst call ever or the Cavs or the Warriors were getting screwed. And I'd be like, right. no, that was a good call. And yeah. it was, there was like, actually a good bunch of uh, Cavs fans, uh, like behind, a few rows back. And it was funny because like some news person came up and was like filming them because uh, it was just like this little little spot of <laughs> Cleveland right. fans in the middle of the sea of everybody else. Oh, it was great. I, mean, I love the fans. It was great. Uh, so I, it was funny. I actually flew my dad out. Um, from Wisconsin because I was going to be in town and I live in Taiwan, obviously, so I don't get to see my parents that often. So I actually flew him out for that game. We went to the game together. That's great. Which it was great because we were, we, we kind of spent the whole time like bemused at how, uh, how homerific home fans are, which they should be, but it was, <laughs> it was, it was pretty funny. All right. We, we, we just spent like eight minutes on a completely inconsequential series. So Toronto, Indiana, um, Super interesting. I think that the challenge is um, Kyle Lowry seems clearly hurt. Like his shooting has just been unbelievably bad. He got his elbow drained. And I think mm. the challenge for for Toronto is that Paul George is the best player in the series. Um, that said, I thought Toronto's victory yesterday was really impressive and, and gives me kind of confidence that they, they, they're going to figure this out. Yeah, I think they'll win. I, I like Toronto. I, I mean, the first game was really fun to watch. I think the series will be good. I don't know how many games it'll be, but I have to think that Toronto will win. Cause I mean, when you look at the East too, it's like Toronto's a great team. They almost got the first seed. I mean, you know, totally. last couple of games, you can't really judge because, you know, maybe LeBron rested some or something like that. But like the, the two best teams in the East are obviously the Cavs and Toronto. And then you have like almost everybody else tied for, you know, second <laughs> through sixth or something like no, that. Third through six all had the same record, right? It's, it's yeah, exactly. Amazing. Yes. Third. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. The exactly. There's four that are tied and then, but even seventh and eighth seed, like just a few games off. Right. So it's like, they're at least as good this year, actually. Like those are, they're like overall, like those are, you know, there's some good teams there, especially compared to, I didn't check compared to last year, but I assume better than last year, but it, it does feel like there's the two best teams and then there's everybody else. 
Yeah, the thing with the East is that the the kind of middle class of the East was much better than the middle class of the West. Hmm. Like, I mean, the five through eight seeds in the West are are pretty weak this year, to be frank. Whereas last year, like the top nine were all awesome. Yeah, the kind of the same thing happened with the West last year, where you literally down to the wire. For example, San Antonio, if they had won that last game against New Orleans, they would have been the second That's seed. That's right. Of the they sixth. dropped to the sixth, right? Yeah, or- terrible. And that that. That changed ev- everything, obviously. I mean, they, I, I have no doubt they <sighs> can't say no doubt because anything can happen in these games, but no, they, they would have made, made the farther. finals. Yeah. yeah. Or the they would have court advantage. Like it would have been better. That, that last game was, was amazing. I was actually, um, on a trip with my family to Hong Kong that weekend. And I, I, re- like I was walking through Hong Kong watching on my phone. Like I could not tear my eyes away. I probably got hit by cars multiple times. That oh, la- that game seven was awesome. Like it did, the series was awesome, but that game seven in particular, the last five minutes were. It's it's always basically the best series of the playoffs, and it happened in round one. It was great, disappointing, crushing defeat, but great. (laughs) It was Miami Charlotte. I I I don't know if there's anything to take away from that first game. It was such a blowout. Like I have a hard time thinking that that's going to be representative of the whole series. That I mean, then again, I mean Miami. They scored like 1.4 points possession. Like they just crushed them on offense. Yeah, I didn't pay attention as much to that one. So my question for you related to that, though, is I mean, I I just uh, like I think Toronto is you know second best team in the East, so you would think they would match up at you know in the the East uh, Finals. But like, let's say that doesn't happen. Do you think Miami could like? Would that be fun to see Miami and? Cleveland. Oh, Miami, like this gets back to our point. Like the NBA has the best storylines. Miami yeah. versus Cleveland would be unbelievable. It'd be great. Like, that, like, oh my, everyone would lose their minds. They would lose their <laughs> minds for basically two weeks straight. And, and hopefully LeBron would return to social media and start, you know, start subtweeting his teammates. I mean, it was, that would be awesome. And, and I mean, I've generally been a LeBron defender. Um, I think that he gets a bad rap, like uh, especially earlier in his career, like when he would pass on game winning shots, for example, like they were almost always the correct play. Like he's a guy that just al- always makes the correct play. And, and so fr- basically from that time on, I've kind of instinctually been a LeBron defender. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> th- there's plenty of areas to criticize him. And I it's you could totally see Miami getting in his head. I mean. I I hope that I, I love Toronto. I think they're a great team. Kyle Lowry has shooting has to come back. His elbow has to get better, and they probably should be the number two seed. But Miami versus Cavaliers, I want just for the theater. Like yeah. leave aside the basketball, just like the way people are going to lose their minds on social media <laughs> and and episodes is going to be awesome. Yeah, you're right. It, it'll be crazy if that happens. Yeah. It'll, that'll be fun. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. Seems Bosch, unlikely, but you never know. I, I, I think Bosch is Bosch officially ruled off the playoffs. I, I think he is. Yeah, um, he is. Yeah. And it's not clear exactly what's going on. I'm obviously the blood clots and stuff last year and this year, but yeah, yeah I don't know. It's, it's such a bummer. I mean, yeah, not, it really beyond, beyond the fact really he's done. on my fantasy basketball team, which was, which was unfortunate, but no, I mean like the, the Bosch is another guy. Like, I, I don't know. I, I like the guys that like are serially like, I mean, Bosch is, Bosch is an incredible player and he's another guy that kind of by virtue of being tied in with that heat thing got, I think, a, a more of a bad rap than he deserved. And the way, hmm. the way he stretches, the way he stretches the offense and, and the way he defends the pick and roll. I mean, his agility is incredible. Um, it's, it's really a shame that, that, that he has these issues. Yeah. That's too bad. I'm kind of coming around to a lot of the, 
<laughs> the Miami, uh, the big three and everybody. I, mean, I don't know. It's like I hated LeBron in Miami after he went there and obviously after the, uh, the finals with the Spurs, uh, like the one they lost. And, um, I, I, that, that, frustrating, that series, but I'm kind of coming that series around. was so. I mean, I can remember where I was for both game six and game seven, like when those, when, 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 when they both went down. I can't imagine having been a Spurs fan. I mean, that when, especially, I mean, you know who, who impressed me is Kawhi. Cause the people, a lot of people forget, but Kawhi missed a free throw with like 20 seconds yeah. left or 30 seconds left in that game six that my, that the Spurs were ahead. And then Ray Allen hit that unbelievable three, which is, has to be with the top five shots in the history of NBA. Yeah, um, I'll admit it. And, and the fact that the Spurs came back, it's not that the Spurs came back and they crushed Miami the next year, uh, while playing with the air conditioning in, 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 in San Antonio, which is, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> that hurts everybody equally. Come on. <laughs> Except, yeah, especially if one team has a superstar who is, has a known tendency to cramp. Um, <laughs> uh, conspiracy theories. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but the, not just that the Spurs came back and they won and redeemed themselves, but the fact that Kawhi came back and won the MVP of the finals yeah. was like, again, it's the NBA and the, the NBA is so great, not just because the sport's awesome, but the way it, it just generates these incredible narratives and storybooks endings is awesome. Yeah, that was amazing. And, you know, I think Tim Duncan, when I think it was after, right after the game and they're interviewing him, when they won game five last year, two years ago. And he said something like, you know, this win makes last year. Okay. Almost, you know, because that hurts so much when they had the championship right there and lost it. So I just imagine if they had not been able to bounce back and win the next year. And then Tim Duncan had to retire and like, uh, you know, what was so, what was so awesome about that series, the series that Miami won was, was that the Spurs were, the Spurs just got game six was stolen from them. Miami should not have won that game. They had the yellow taper on the court to hold off the crowds, right? Yeah. But they the, had the game. The, the way that the Spurs fought in game seven was was awesome. I mean, that game seven was kind of the forgotten great game of that series. This was great game six was so was so unbelievable. But the yeah. Spurs were right in it for game seven. And Tim Duncan especially was awesome in that game. He had like 18 points in the first half or something like that. And he, he, he was dominant and it it was so impressive the way the Spurs bounced back from one of the most devastating defeats in the history of the NBA to make that game seven, super competitive. And the heat totally won it fair and square. The LeBron was brilliant down the stretch of that game, but in some respects, the next year where the Spurs came back and just crushed everyone was not a surprise because they had, they already managed to come back in two days for game seven. Hmm. Okay. That's an interesting point. Try not to relive that too much, but <laughs> the, the, other, the other series is Atlanta, Boston, which is a bummer. Um, just because Boston, I mean, Zach Lowe had a great article today about how Boston is so like Avery Bradley is like the one player they could least afford to lose, not because he's a great player, but just because they have, they don't have enough people that could space the floor. And he was their one consistent shooter, you know, outside of Isaiah Thomas. And, um, and it, it's too bad that that had the potential to be a great series, but it's kind of looking like uh, Atlanta in four or five. Yeah, Atlanta had a great game too, and I, I like Boston. I mean, I, I think you're probably right, but I remember actually the first uh, Spurs game I went to this year was against uh, the Celtics early in the season, and it was close. I mean, it came down to like the last shot, and I was really I was really impressed actually so, yeah, with how yeah, Boston I mean, played. Boston is where Kevin Durant should go. 
Hmm. I dare you to find a better team for Durant to go to. Uh, one, like he's the exact player they need. They need they need a star who can get in buckets. They need a shooter. They need a three. Um, two, like it's in the East. The East is is still, despite the fact the East top to bottom was better than the West. On the top end of the conference, the West was still significantly better. And right. if he wants to get the finals, it's a place to go. He's he'd huh. be a, he'd be a hero. You can't tell me this is not the place he should go. Yeah. I haven't thought about it that much because I kind of I kind of assume no matter what happens he will stay one more year. With right, Russell because Westbrook. it's, it's so worth fair. Or? Yeah, no, it's worth it for for one to stay with Westbrook and Westbrook's contracts up next year and they and yeah. if they we live together and two there's a huge financial incentive to stay because if he stays one more year then he'll be a ten year player which means oh. they can take thirty percent of the cap as opposed to twenty five percent of the cap and then mm. so the, it. It turns out to being worth, you know, like 30 million or 40 million more dollars over the length of the contract if yeah. he stays one more year. And who knows what will happen this year? I mean, they've had a good season too. So, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, well, I, I, mean I live in Seattle. I live in Seattle. So I am, I'm instinctually anti OKC. Uh, um, I see. But, but, and also just because they let James Harden go for $4 million over f- four years. I mean, it's, it, whoops. Yeah, I, I have a very hard time being sympathetic to cheapskates in the NBA, particularly when the value, <laughs> I mean, the point is not to make money year to year. The point is that your franchise is appreciating in value like four or five fold and, ugh, ridiculous. All right. So we should get the, the Western Conference. Um, Golden State versus Houston. I think the main intrigue here is does Curry play again? I, I very much hope they just hold him out the rest of the series. I see no reason why Golden State can't beat Houston without him. Yep, um, they can. They showed they could in game two. It doesn't seem like they'll have a problem. I mean, maybe they don't sweep without him, but they should be able to handle it. I know. And, and, and the value of getting him rest. And it, so it, it, it's confirmed now that he sprained his foot, not his ankle okay. which is good and bad it's it's good because obviously curry has that well-documented history of ankle sprains and it was really worrisome because the the big reason one of the big reasons he fixed that problem was just developing his strength in that area and you kind of wondered did the push for 73 tire him out and he sprained it yeah. turns out no it's it's a completely different it, completely different injuries his foot the problem is that a sprained foot is a lot harder to deal with than a sprained ankle like a sprained ankle you can kind of wrap it up whereas a sprained foot there's not really much you can do um and yeah i hope they hold him out especially because beverly is just a dirty player and uh, (laughs) well yeah they almost uh i don't know started a little shoving and almost uh you know there was two technicals called on them. It was a game one or two. I think it was his game one. Yeah, he didn't game, play game one. Two. And I mean, that was early in the game. So I know it. I, I, I mean, that that I'm still annoyed at that Beverly against Westbrook play a few years ago. I mean, it was ugh. I, and Beverly, like the fact he has like this crazy hair and this bandage over his eye, like he's like <laughs> it's like he's not just a dirty player, but he's determined to play the part of being a dirty player. Um, and also, I also want the Bucks to sign him because um, <laughs> he's exactly okay. the sort of player. <laughs> wow, that's all mix of emotions there. Yeah, so that's so let's well that should be they should, Warriors shouldn't have any trouble. I really hope that Curry is basically a full strength in time for the. The uh, West Finals, if the Spurs make, I mean, I he's had an amazing year. Record three is obviously the seventy three wins, everything. I would hate for if the Warriors lose to anybody, I would hate for people to say, well, of course, you know, they couldn't win without Curry, or you know, they weren't at full strength or whatever. Like, I, I hope he's healthy. Like, whether yeah, they win it, or lose, it'd be such a shame to win seventy three games and and to lose kind of 
illegitimately, if that's the, if that's the word, right? I yeah. mean, like, well, yes, you want no, them to lose also, fair and square. If they yeah, lose. exactly, exactly. I mean, you want. I think everybody in the NBA, the players, feel that way. Like, we want to play your best guys. Um, you know, it just the 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 win will f- just feel better if we're going against your best guys and we still win. Um, but I think I do think there is something to that question of whether they sh- should have gone to s- for 73 wins. I mean, and I think it'll be easy to say, yes, they, it was fine if they win the finals, but if they don't, I mean, I don't know. You can definitely say like, you know, while the Spurs are resting players for a month, uh, you know, Golden State was just going off all out uh, for it. And, you know, they're younger and, you know, maybe they can do that, but I don't know. Got to keep your eye uh, on the, it's the no prize. I mean, they were playing playoff games for the last like two or th- two months of the season. Yeah, they wanted to win every single one of those games. Yeah, they had to win, and they had to win back to backs, and they had to win all these other games. No, for sh- I, I have no question it took a toll on the team. That said, I love that they did it. I just love yeah. it. And, and like because, and I think that that Curry and Green said this like, and maybe it's only possible because they won the championship last year. But like you, you only get one chance in your life to to set the record in the NBA, right? Yeah. You, you kind of like, yes, you're increasing your downside risk, but that's the way risk works. It has upside risk and downside risk and they went for it and it's awesome. And it reminds me in, in the game itself, in that you mentioned uh, the Golden State Memphis game. What I loved about that game on the last day of the season was the way Curry came out in the first quarter and just obliterated them. <laughs> like he came out and he made like six threes in the first quarter and he just ended it the game before it barely even got started. <laughs> and like, and like just the killer instinct that like we're, it's on, we can taste it. We just need one game. I'm going to end it right now. It was awesome. I love yeah. that about him. It's, God, it's an amazing season. And I do think, uh, you know, what, whatever happens in the finals, I mean, the 73 wins is a big deal. Cause if you, if you just look back a few years or even last year, if you Google like top 10 unbreakable NBA records or something, like there's the 100 point game, there's the 72 wins. I mean, there's like that was one of those things no one thought. Um, could be beaten. I, they they got to win the title though. If they, they, like if they don't win the title, it it it, it will be empty to a certain to yeah, a certain right. degree. It's still it's still good, but yeah. So let's move on. To, so we already talked about the Spurs a little bit, but one thing that I keep thinking about. So I went to Game One, uh, Spurs Grizzlies, and I think it was like near the beginning of the game. Um, my daughter turned to me. They put like the Memphis uh, uh, coach up on the big screen for some reason, and she turned to me and said, "Like it looks like he's about to cry." And this was even <laughs> before the game like had really gotten going. And I thought that just summed up perfectly. Like uh, they were not prepared. For the Spurs, they, they no chance. I mean, they're 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 starting like uh, the lead singer from Mumford and Suggs at the at point guard. Um, yeah, it, it's a it's too bad. I mean, they have great play, they have great players, particularly Gasol and, and Conley, but they are they are playing with scrubs of scrubs to say the least. Well, it's interesting because what's interesting about the Grizzlies, they a lot of these kind of edge guys they signed in like the last like four weeks of the season. They got like an injury exemption and everything. Yeah. The, like they're decent players. They're not good enough to be in the playoffs and compete. And it's I, the reason I mentioned them is the next kind of two teams, the Thunder and the Clippers, the Thunder against the Mavericks and the Clippers against the Blazers. It's amazing how the Thunder and the Clippers cannot get those kind of players. They like hmm. the problem with both teams is they have incredible stars, but they just can't fill out the roster around them with players that balance the floor and, and make them as effective as they could be. I mean, the the Clippers in particular, I've always, I mean, even last year, I thought, you know, they didn't, yeah, they, they count on a couple people, a few people, they don't have a bench that can really step up and okay. See, I guess the same way. It's like when it comes down to it, Durant is going to have the ball. And even if he's shooting like horribly and 
whatever. I mean, he's going to be shooting that last uh, buzzer beater. Yeah, there was. A, um, it, we wrote this before. But the Dunk Dunk podcast had a great breakdown of how. And I went back and watched it today. Actually, it was how brutal Westbrook was on defense in that game too. I mean, lots of people were hyping up Felton for kind of winning the game for Dallas. But I mean, I'm sorry if you're the third. If you're the third seed in the West and. Uh, you have two of the best players in the league. Raymond Felton should not be winning a playoff game against you. That was an interesting game, and I, I, I watched most of that one, and I watched the the end. And I can only imagine that, like being in, being a fan there at the game, like you thought they won. Like you really, I, I don't think if you're up, especially like the seats the, that we usually buzzer, have, with, with the buzzer, like with the buzzer the beater that you mean. Yeah, it's like yeah, it was like when it was waved off or whatever. But like you, you kind of think. I I assume if you're up in the stands, like you think the Oklahoma won the game at the, at the end, and I don't know, it must be kind of disappointing. Totally, you went to the highest of highs, to the lowest of lows in his fan, yeah. like thirty seconds. Exactly. I mean, it's totally the right call. It was obvious, but I, I assume that the fans couldn't tell. Yeah, I mean, Oklahoma is obviously going to win. I mean, I it's it's interesting because I actually think Oklahoma City matches up better against Golden State than the Spurs do. Yeah, but. I I don't think I don't think Oklahoma City can beat the Spurs this year. I mean, obviously they've had some amazing series over the years, but Oklahoma City is just too simplistic on offense, and the Spurs are so good this year that I almost feel like we're getting the suboptimal set of matchups amongst the top four. I w- I wish Oklahoma City had been the fourth seed and Clippers had been the third. Like a, I think a Spurs Clippers oh, man. and Warriors Thunder second round yeah. would have been unbelievably epic whereas i think warriors will handle the clippers and i think the spurs will handle the thunder um, they'll be a good series but i i think they're less competitive than if the if the thunder and clippers have been opposite yeah exactly and getting back to storylines i mean how great would it be for the spurs to to beat the clippers again this year uh, totally. after last year so yeah yeah not to be but i i'm still i'm not i'm not like really overconfident against okc i mean i maybe part of it is because the very first game of the season was the Spurs in Oklahoma and they lost. And like, I'll never forget that because that was the, it was just kind of an interesting you game. You lost because Deion Waiters was awesome in the fourth quarter. I watched that game. And I, I, I think if, if that's the, what it takes for Oklahoma City to beat you, you're probably in good shape. Well, right. And also, I mean, Aldridge, you know, his very first game, like he hasn't quite fit into the offense and everything yet. So yeah, you can't really look at that game, but because it was the first, it's in my head. Totally. And also, cause I had no idea how the season would go. I didn't know they were going to have whatever 67 wins or whatever. Right. I mean, who knows? So I think that, I think that series will be closer than the Warriors and Clippers, but, um, I do think the Spurs will win. Um, I just, and, and yeah, and I, I hope, I mean, sorry, Oklahoma City fans, if we have any listening to this podcast, but I hope Kevin Durant leaves. I mean, that, the way that team has squandered having the top two of the top, you know, seven or eight players in the league and Abaka, who is a fantastic third piece. And the, the fact they haven't gotten what is necessary to get around them is, is frustrating. It's, it, it's yeah. so. Well, and there's like, they had a shot, right? They made the finals, uh, 2010. When was it? Um, yeah, I guess the heat. 2011, yeah, I guess I the, like that was, I, it, it sucks to think about it, but like maybe that was their shot. That team. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, and, tough, and then Beverly to get back the next year. Yeah. In some respects, I'm, this first round has been pretty boring, but I think that's a good, good thing. Like I said, last year, the best series ended up being in the first round, which was the, the Clippers and Spurs. And, I'm very anxious for this second round in the Western Conference. I think it's going to be great. And the Eastern Conference, yeah, I'm totally rooting for Cleveland and Miami. That would be, that would just be, that would be epic. (laughs) 
Yeah, I'm coming around to rooting for that. Not quite, but yeah, it'd be fun. I know it's painful for Spurs fans for the Heat, but you have to admit Cleveland versus Miami would just be would would be, would be awesome. Yeah, and he he has been interesting this year too. And they, I mean, they've had good defense, and I, I don't know. It we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, cool. Well, we were going to talk about uh, the 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 hacka hacka shack hacka DeAndre topic, but we're we're already nearly an hour in. Should we save it for for another one, or or or, or should we uh, should we do do our quick overview? Yeah, yeah let's. Uh, I feel like maybe save it. All right, sounds good. What, what, let's wrap. Uh, actually, what should we wrap up with? Anything you wanted to hit that we didn't. Uh cover no i think like i said i think this first round is relatively boring i think it's it looks like it's going to be chalk basically like i think the top four teams in in both conferences are going to advance probably the the biggest question is going to be toronto versus indiana but like i said i thought that game yesterday was was really encouraging from a toronto standpoint like it seemed like they they kind of got a handle on what they need to do versus versus indiana and no, I think it's going to be a boring first round. But like I said, boring first rounds aren't the worst thing in the world because, especially if they lead to amazing semifinals and finals. Um, so that's yeah, it. and there may be little things in the first round that don't change the series, but kind of have a ripple effect for later. Like just like the Dallas win alone, the fact that Oklahoma is not going to sweep Dallas means if the Spurs sweep Memphis, you know they get a little more rest, and like uh, even small little wins here and there may shape the just like the second round, for example. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, the Spurs have the easiest playoff matchup in the history of playoff matchups. So they better sweep. <laughs> They've had some tough ones. I'm, I'm good with this, this easy one. Oh, yeah. It makes up for last year, I guess. <laughs> the funniest thing I heard about game one, you know, Kawhi had a great game. You know, and I think he had like four steals and some blocks and stuff. And it was like perfect matchup for being named defensive player of the year. But I think the funniest thing I heard was someone say like you know Lance Stevenson wanted to retire after being guarded by Kawhi? Did you see the vibe that was being passed around about Lance Stevenson where they ran a play for him and he could not get the ball and oh, he just yeah. kind of He's threw like, out oh. his arms in anger? Yeah, the frustration there. Yeah, and like even in game two, I mean, it's like you know they they didn't feel like they were getting you know fouls called or whatever. But 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 then I mean I don't know. I look at both those games and. Memphis, I mean, they have issues, obviously, and they're dealing with losing players, but like, also, they actually did get to the line and they missed half their free throws the game. So it's like, yeah, yeah Spurs were going to win no matter what, but there's some basic things that they didn't do that they should have done. So, and that said, I think Draymond Green should have won player, defensive player of the year. You think so? Okay. I, I was surprised that he didn't, but of course, yeah, I'm happy with Kawhi. Kawhi is awesome. Kawhi is amazing. I think what what Green unlocks by his ability to basically play one through five on defense, particularly in that in that death lineup, is is incredible. And two, um, I think Bill Simmons said this, but I'm on board with rewarding the Warriors as much as possible. I mean, like you just don't get seasons <laughs> like this that often. But yeah. that said, the Spurs have been overlooked all year, so good, good. They probably deserve to get to get at least one of these awards. Well, and I wonder if like the fact that Draymond Green didn't get the award will kind of fuel him because, like he said, I mean, he was on you know Bill Simmons' podcast, and I think at one point he said like we all have something to prove, like on this team. Um, not counting obviously last year, you know, they're champions, but like ignoring that part, like they all have had to battle back from something. But even then, everyone said they were lucky, right? So they, they, they almost still have stuff to prove. Yeah. No, you're right. So, I mean, that may, the fact that he didn't get it may, I don't know, you know, may, may shape things. And I, there's some, that team, they, they, you know, they show off and I mean, it's fun basketball, but like, I, I do wonder sometimes if they're a little too overconfident and you need to have confidence to take as many threes to get actually to make 400 of them. And that's 
good, but I think that maybe you can be a little too confident sometimes and then uh, get taken back down to earth a little bit. You know, that is so interesting because this is like the tension in this Warriors team because I think you're exactly right. In some respect, they're these kind of all of them are underdogs in different perspective. And, and that, that Draymond Green interview with Bill Simmons was fantastic and you should definitely listen to it. But at the same time, like they are one of the cockiest teams we've ever yeah. seen. And yeah. it's, it's this weird dichotomy where they're super likable and they have chips on their shoulders, but, but they have aspects of them that ought to be unlikable. But mm-hmm. most people, it doesn't bother them yet, but you could totally see the flip, you could totally see the flip switching where people go from loving them to hating them like super quickly. Hmm. Yeah. They have this interesting balance. Cause like you hear people call them humble. You keep, you, uh, and, but when you see them on the court, you don't really see that. No, not at all. I mean, <laughs> Curry, yeah, Curry is the classic example, right? I mean, everyone says he's such a great teammate and he's so humble and et cetera. Yeah. And he's taking these crazy shots and celebrating after all of them and like showing up his opponents and it yeah. doesn't bother anyone. And you just know that's going to switch at some point. Yeah. The whole just take a three from half court and turn around because you know you made it. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but. Yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a wild season. Well, I will adopt the I will adopt the 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 couriers first. Pers- I will adopt the the couriers, the Warriors perspective to balance <laughs> out your Spursian because my Bucks are um are definitely not even close to being in the playoffs. Uh, but uh, maybe we'll get to them when we get closer to the lottery and draft because that unfortunately is the area where they reside. Cool. Well, let's wrap up here. It's been a great season. Uh, Getting the playoffs. It's getting going. It's gonna be fun. Awesome. Well, I think it's turned out well. So so yeah, I think we'll post this and uh yes, the 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 technical foul because uh we are geeks and we love very geeky titles. So good to talk with you, Manton, and and we will be back probably next week, but we'll we'll see how it goes. This is a, this is definitely an experiment. Sounds good. See ya. Talk to you later.